Today's show is sponsored by Mobility Research, the makers of LightGate Family Products. Welcome to Evidence to Excellence, news in neuroplasticity and rehab powered by The Recovery Project. We want to personally welcome and thank you for joining us today. We're glad that you're here because this podcast is designed to keep you updated on what's new in research and evidence in the neurorehabilitation world. Now, here's your host, Polly Swingle, CEO and co-owner of The Recovery Project. Welcome. This is our first podcast. My name is Polly Swingle, and I am so excited today to talk to these three ladies that are just so awesome in our field of physical therapy. So today, we are going to talk about knowledge translation. Um, This is a process in which information that is evidence-based is incorporated into a clinical practice. I'm not going to get really deep into what it is because that's why I have you guys, these great experts here with me today, to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that topic. So first let me introduce um, who we have here today. We have Dr. Amy York, is an associate professor in the College of Health Science physical therapy department at the University of Michigan Flint. Dr. York is the team lead for the Integrating Knowledge Translation, which is the I Know program lab where she works on translating current neurological research evidence into the clinical practice. Welcome and thank you so much for coming. Next to her we have Dr. Nora Fritz. Uh, Dr. Fritz is an associate professor in the Department of Healthcare Sciences Physical Therapy Program and the Department of Neurology at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. Dr. Fritz is the Director of Neuroimaging and Neurorehabilitation Laboratory, where her research interests include examining the influence of cognition on mobility, exploring exercise interventions to improve function in individuals with neurological conditions, and translating research from laboratory to clinic to improve the outcome of persons with neurological disorders. That was a mouthful. Okay. Thank you for the introduction. Yes. Next to her we have Susan Trojanowski is an assistant clinical professor in the physical therapy department at the University of Michigan. Flint, Dr. Trojanowski, is also a board certified clinical specialist in neurologic physical therapy. Her clinical background is in both acute care and inpatient rehabilitation with expertise in stroke and acquired brain injury. Her research interest is in knowledge translation and hospital-based physical therapy. She is a co-team leader in the Integrating Knowledge Translation Lab at U of M Flint. Thank you, you guys, for coming, and welcome. Our pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. So let's dive right into this and start asking, um, having me ask you guys some questions. So I know that the three of you are involved in research in knowledge translation and they kind of call that KT for short and yours is you know some of your projects is abbreviated the I know correct okay so um, tell us a little bit about the study of what you guys are involved in and who are the key researchers involved in this study so the key researchers involved in the study that I'm going to tell you about today uh, called the I know PD or I know Parkinson's disease study um, are Suzanne Amy and myself as well as um, several clinicians at the clinic that we've been working with, which is the Ascension Genesis Clinics in the Flint area. Um, And this project sort of came about because the therapists there were really interested in looking at 
how they could better serve their individuals with Parkinson's disease at their clinic. Um, and so we thought that a good first step would really be to standardize the outcome tools that they were using across their different sites. Um, and so we worked with uh, this team of therapists over a year period to initiate um, four standardized outcome tools that they decided were the ones they wanted to use based on the evidence that was available. Um, we monitored their charts and their compliance with using these tools and looked at therapist um, behavior changes and adherence over that year-long period and it was just a really great experience and really successful um, to the point that we're continuing to work with them on, on future projects. Great. So what is knowledge translation and why is it important in healthcare? So knowledge translation, like you kind of said at the very beginning, is really taking research, research evidence, and getting it into clinical practice. And it's estimated that it takes 17 years, which wow. is right, right, right. Wow. It's, it makes you gasp yeah. for research to actually be um, implemented into practice. And I think healthcare is important. It's important to us as providers. It's important to us as patients. And you know, nobody enters this profession wanting to be average, right? We all want to do a great job. And so we want to incorporate evidence into our practice as soon as possible so that we end up with better patient outcomes. And outcomes for us as therapists right, are improved functional outcomes. And we want our patients to be satisfied. And we want our patients to be engaged in their lives. So that for us, I think, is our driving force that we're all expert clinicians and we want to make an impact on practice and on patients. Yeah, and I can't agree with you enough. I mean, that is such a belief system in what I do for a living. So I'm excited that you guys are looking at this gasping, <laughs> right? That it's 17 years, which is somewhat scary. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very. To even think about the impact um, of that. So um, the APTA, which for the people out there and may not know what that is, the American Physical Therapy Association, all of us here sitting here are physical therapists and that's the professional association that really establishes a lot of our guidelines for practice. But the APTA has a task force as it relates to K KT knowledge translation and as it relates to the defined clinical practice guidelines. What do we have so far in relationship to that? So the APTA has put together these groups to develop these clinical practice guidelines and this is a relatively new process. So for neurological diagnoses, so far we have three that have been published. So one on peripheral vestibular hypofunction, one on a core set of outcome measures to use across neurological diagnoses, and just this month was published a locomotor yes. training clinical practice guideline. And so what the APTA has also decided that along with each clinical practice guideline group will be a companion knowledge translation group because they also recognize the time it takes for research to get into the clinic and they want to speed that process up. So as each clinical practice guideline group is working, there's another group of people that are working to develop knowledge translation tools that I as a clinician can use and um, implement into my practice much more quickly. Okay. Is that kind of what drove you guys to look at this research, that this project that you're working on right now because of what the APTA is doing? Or like, how did you get together and say, hey guys, let's get together and start looking at this? Yeah, so the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy actually held a workshop a few years ago and was looking for people that were interested in knowledge translation. So it happened just prior to CSM, and so I had talked to Suzanne at the time, who was a full-time clinician 
um, and said, what do you think about applying for this? And she's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So we got accepted, and with that acceptance said, we want you to find one more member. And so Suzanne had actually met Nora at a PT pub night, and she's like, perfect. Nora, we think would be like a perfect fit. So then the three of us went to this summit, this Knowledge Translation Summit, and uh, really learned a lot about knowledge translation, and the idea was to have a project. And so um, our I Know PD project um, kind of came from that. So, perfect. Yeah. In a profession, at this time, we seem to lack in the clinic the importance of, of motivation of implementing these change in, changes in bringing evidence to the outpatient setting. I know that this process will require therapists to evaluate current pieces of evidence that are out there. They have to know what's happening in the APTA. They have to understand in reading journals of what research works and what research doesn't work. I know there'll probably be some opportunities for our therapists once they dive into this evidence, but also barriers on how do they implement the evidence that we're discovering in the clinical practice. So we only have a minute on that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold on that question until we, <laughs> we get back. Um, and this is an important question to me because I know here at the Recovery Project, all we do is evidence-based practice. And when we determined that, for example, body weight treadmill training is so important, there were some barriers, yet some opportunities when we started that type of a treatment approach. So let's hold that question and we'll be back after this commercial. Progressive, effective, and focused neurorehabilitation. The Recovery Project, an industry-leading practice working to produce hope and life-changing results to people with spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries, neurological disorders, and other conditions. The Recovery Project's experienced, compassionate team of physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, and trainers utilize the latest evidence-based techniques and state-of-the-art equipment in their Livonia, Clinton Township, and Lansing clinics to develop customized, comprehensive, high-intensity training programs for a variety of injuries, diseases, and conditions. We consistently reevaluate each of our programs and incorporate the most up-to-date techniques. We also offer an array of exclusive specialized equipment, including functional electrical stimulation, FES devices, red cord suspension training, BioNess, light gate bodyweight supported treadmill training, the balance weaver vest, and much more. At The Recovery Project, we help everyone feel fit and healthy. We understand that an active wellness journey is the process of making choices toward a healthy and fulfilling life. That's why we've developed a variety of cost-effective and accessible wellness programs to ensure our clients maintain and build on the benefits achieved during therapy. To find out more about The Recovery Project, contact us at 855-877-1944 or visit our website at www.therecoveryproject.net. Welcome back. So before our last commercial, we were talking a little about the evidence that is present in our field of physical therapy, especially in the field of neuro. You know, I know that I am a geek. People always say I'm such a geek because I read research all the time, but there is so much evidence out there now on really effective ways to treat people, for example, with stroke, to treat people with Parkinson's disease, to really look at people that have these gait deviations that come to us because they may have MS, they may have had a stroke, they may have had a 
brain injury, a spinal cord injury, of really how do we get them to improve their walking, to decrease their risk of falling, to decrease their fear of falling. So I always share all of that evidence with my staff and say, okay guys, we need to implement this new evidence within our practice because that helps our patients get better faster. And it's also a more efficient way to use their insurance money, their rehab dollars. So I want to ask you guys, you guys have been involved out there working with other clinics. What kind of opportunities have there been for the clinicians, the therapists in the field that have been able to really look at this evidence and start implementing it? But also, I bet you there's some barriers. What kind of barriers have you ran into? I think you hit the nail on the head by saying that the sheer bulk of information yeah. that is published is overwhelming. And given that a therapist already has a lot on their plate with treating patients, documenting, and then trying to stay up on this evidence as well, that's a full-time job and then some. So. Um, I think that's partly why APTA and, and the neurosection has really been pushing for these clinical practice guidelines because it helps to make a lot of research digestible. So they're taking a whole bulk of research and distilling it down into easily implemented guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, now, actually implementing that is another story, yeah. right? And I think that's where knowledge translation comes in and why we get so excited about these kinds of projects is because we then, as researchers, have the opportunity to really partner with clinicians and relieve a little bit of that burden um, by doing some of the chart auditing, coming up with the actual implementation, helping to overcome barriers, being sort of a third-party buffer that can help with um, negotiating difficulties with supervisors or management or hospital-based systems, whatever the case might be, um, and really pushing to help therapists get these new guidelines implemented. Now we don't have guidelines, clinical practice guidelines for everything, so right. that can make things challenging too. Um, but one of the things that we find really useful is that the neuro section, it's neuropt.org, has a lot of free resources. So even if you're not a member, you can access these resources. Um, including the available guidelines, but also lots of other resources for evidence-based practice. And within the section is the special interest groups, which are related to um, stroke, vestibular hypofunction, uh, balance and falls, degenerative diseases, etc. Um, and they all have recommendations as well, and social media posts with brand new articles coming out, and so you can kind of follow um, in a more targeted way the, the research that might be important or interesting to your patients. So I think that can be helpful. Absolutely. So you've looked at this out there in the field at Genesis. Um, did they run into any barriers? Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I would think so. We all do. So what we looked at with them was implementing a set of outcome measures for people with Parkinson's disease. Okay. And we had discussions with the therapists, and they wanted to do the six-minute walk test, but the way that their clinic is laid out, it just, there's not enough space that is open and wide enough for one person to be able to do this test efficiently. The space where they could do it is the main traffic area for coming and going from the clinic. And so physical barriers, sometimes the space, how it's laid out, or even just how busy a clinic is, mm -hmm. can be a barrier. And so we found that, and that was a outcome measure 
that the clinicians there opted not to implement as part of their core measures because the barriers were just too great. Okay. They opted for other measures instead where they could still get information that they wanted to help make good clinical decisions. And so that's part of this knowledge translation process is that you know you really work with the clinic to find at that local clinic what works best for them. So before I ask my next question, um, what is exciting to me is that you three are going to be looking at the three clinics here at the Recovery Project and looking at how we look at and use evidence space and how we're implementing that within our clinic. They are going to be looking at knowledge translation within our clinic. So I'd like to ask you a little bit more about the process of that um, so everybody out there can understand what that involves and um, what's your time frame of completion? Yeah, so it started out with just some very simple conversations with some of your staff and with Nora and you know thought that we might be a good fit um, to start just having a conversation and so um, we've started a conversation about kind of what's the recovery project about, what types of patients you see, what processes you already have in place to ensure that you guys as an organization are incorporating evidence. And then what might we do to help enhance that? So kind of jointly together, we're identifying a problem or an opportunity. And we see an opportunity potentially standardize the outcome measures that you're using, um, incorporating some of the evidence, such as the clinical practice guide, out, guideline for neural outcome measures. And so kind of as we start this, we're going to be looking to survey your therapist and kind of asking them barriers and facilitators to incorporating evidence into their practice, specifically outcome measures. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to look to do focus group interviews and really kind of gathering more information than really co-creating an intervention, an intervention with your staff, not with the patients, but with the staff of what ways can we best help them to make sure that they incorporate what we've kind of decided, so incorporating the core outcome measures. So how do we ensure, let's just say for example, that all your therapists check gate speed on patients that are ambulatory. So do we make sure that there's stopwatches available? Do we have like quick ways in the EMR record? Because EMR can commonly serve as a barrier right, right, to right, not right. executing things. So really co-creating an intervention, agreeing to it, and then starting it out. And kind of during this process, we're doing chart audits. So what are you currently doing? Once we do the intervention then, how is your staff implementing what they agreed upon and then making sure that we give feedback um, for that process and then making sure we set up um, a way that this project can be sustained over time. So how do we make sure that new staff is oriented to this information? Um, how do we make sure to respond to changes in um, reimbursement environment? Because perhaps maybe the reimbursement environment is gonna change an outcome measure that you have to use. So how do we make sure that we're responsive to that? And so from that project, like looking at standardized outcome measures, if we, when we are successful with that project of looking to a second project of then, how do your therapists maybe use outcome measures or how could we get them to use outcome measures to drive then their intervention? So I think like globally, that's really kind of what the project is. Would you guys agree with that? So like the data actually comes from your therapist okay. through focus group, through surveys, and then also through your chart audits. Yeah. So yeah, I think of that kind of summarizes the I project. That's fantastic. We're so excited to get it started with you guys. So at Wayne State, we're also making some efforts to include knowledge translation as part of our PT program. I really think the students identify with this idea that we want knowledge to go to the clinic faster. They identify with the idea that 
we're improving clinical practice and that that improves patient outcomes. And what I really think the students get excited about is the idea that they could be, even as a new grad, one to identify a problem in a clinic or an opportunity and be able to do something about it, which you don't always feel that you have yeah. that power as a new grad. And okay. so this kind of knowledge translation project gives them that power to go to a supervisor and say, hey, did you know that there's this new evidence out that might help our patients? Um, I read about it, here's an article, I thought we might be able to work with a local university or and, and be able to partner and improve our patient care. And I think that is really empowering. So we've been talking with our students a lot about that idea and introducing them to the idea of knowledge translation. Um, and to be quite honest with you, it's a really foreign way of looking at research for most <laughs> yeah. people, right? So most people think research is an observational trial with patients or a randomized controlled trial and not necessarily research on the process itself. And so right. just kind of turning the table in that regard has really been, I think, eye-opening mm -hmm. for a lot of our students and, and actually faculty. Um, so to that regard, one of our faculty uh, came to me and said, you know, I'd, I'd like to do a knowledge translation project, um, but I'm an orthopedic uh, clinician, like, do you think we could do this? So we're partnering with a, a local orthopedic clinic to do a knowledge translation project, and it's student-driven. Um, so that's been really exciting. So I think as, as that project comes to fruition, more of our students are going to say, hey, I'd like to do a knowledge translation project too. Um, but it really just gives them another tool in their toolbox to say, you know, I'm going into the clinic empowered and knowing all this evidence and I can let other people know about that too. Exactly, exactly, that's great. And we probably don't have the resources for this. But to really look at some, you know, follow up, you know, yes. and to look at the students that leave and get that education right. on KT. Yes. That are they implementing that in the field and helping to narrow that 17 year yes, gap right. to right. solve this problem because the bottom line we all get into this field because we want to do the best for our patients yes. and we want them to get the best care ever and get the recovery that is possible so I thank you guys for being part of my first podcast I am so thankful and excited to have you guys involved with us to really look at this. I think we should have like a little follow-up when Agreed. we're all done with this yes. and we can share with everybody yes. um, the results and how it changed even the way we treat patients for the best. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Evidence to Excellence News in Neuroplasticity and Rehab Podcast. We appreciate you and hope that you come back every fourth Tuesday of the month to get more of what's new in evidence and research in the neurorehabilitation world. To learn more about the Recovery Project or to find out what we're up to next, you can visit us anytime at therecoveryproject.net.